0: Hey there, future friends! This week we set sail, we have bad taste, and we shouldn't have answered the door. This is the week of February 3rd, 2023, and you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. to the show everyone! Sorry if this episode's a bit late again. I know I've been trying to get better but I had a deadline to meet for a short story contest in a literary magazine and you know I had three months to work on my piece so of course I waited to the last three days. I wrote a piece that ended up being about 8,600 words long and the maximum amount of words was 5,000 so I had to gut that thing like The world's fattest fish. But I did it, and I'm starting recording this on Wednesday, so if it does come out on Thursday, I would like applause. I would like all of the fanfare for me being oh so awesome. But my friends, if you are new and you're wondering, what is this madman saying? What is he even talking about? What is the show I am listening to? I invite you to Future Flicks with Billiam on this show I talk about all of the movies coming out during the week. I tell you what they are, what they're about, and who's in it. I break them up into two categories, the limited releases, where that's all I do, and then the wide releases and interesting indies, where I also give some thoughts on them, and then I give it a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score, which can go anywhere from a zero for those awful looking films to an 11 for those films that make me oh so excited. And then I give you a pick of the week in which I say, friend, if you go see one movie this week, this is the one with the best chance of being worth your time. Is it always the best choice? Maybe not. I've never seen these movies. I am not a Hollywood insider. I am basing all of my guesses and my scores on the trailers, because let's face it, trailers are how movie companies sell themselves to us. So that is what I do on the show. I welcome you to this week's episode, and as always, we start with the limited releases. Let us start with a movie called Little Dixie coming to VOD video on demand this week. Doc facilitates a fragile truce between the governor and cartel trading prosecutional leniency for finance. With no more truth, Doc is left to fend for himself and protect the one untainted thing in his life, his daughter, Little Dixie. This stars Frank Grillo from The Purge Anarchy, Annabeth Gish from The Haunting of Hill House, Eric Dane from Grey's Anatomy, Mercedes Mason from Fear the Walking Dead, Peter Green from Pulp Fiction, and Maurice Comte from Narcos. And yes, the... Girl Little Dixie gets kidnapped, and yes, Little Dixie is a terrible name for a child, and Frank Grillo's character should feel ashamed. Next up is a movie with a French word in it, so I'm going to do my best, and that is called Arthur. Malaychon? Something like that. Alex has been a fan of Arthur and the Minimoys saga for years. When his friends offer him to go to an abandoned house where the film was shot, he accepts unaware that they are about to fall into a plot. Sounds like this film needs a better plot. This is a movie from France, and uh, it looks like there's an idea in there somewhere. It, It just looks boring. I forgot to say Arthur was a VOD as well, so is this one. This next movie, like I said, VOD called A Lot of Nothing. James and Vanessa are ostensibly the perfect married couple. Beautiful, successful, and smart. Their lives spiral out of control when they decide to seek justice against a neighbor they saw commit a crime on the evening news. This stars Shamir Anderson from Stowaway, Cleopatra Coleman from The Last Man on Earth, and Justin Hartley from This Is Us. So basically, this couple lives next to this shitty cop, and the cop either murders or beats up a person of color, and they see it on the news, so they decide to take matters into their own hands. And even though I like this cast, it does not look good. Next up, my future friends, we have a movie called Turn Every Page, The Adventures of Robert Caro and Robert Gottlieb. So this is limited and the rest in this section are limited. Limited theatrical, that is. This follows the iconic Pulitzer Prize winning author Robert Caro and his editor, the literary giant Robert Gottlieb, in this chronicle of a unique 50-year professional relationship. This is a documentary and it's about their relationship. One of them is a Pulitzer Prize-winning writer of like groundbreaking biographies of famous people, and the other is his editor. Super important job. Don't let it seem like I just dismissed him, but you know this is for a very specific crowd. After that, we have a movie called Baby Ruby. Baby Ruby tells the story of Jo, a successful French lifestyle entrepreneur who is happily pregnant, awaiting the arrival of her first child. But soon after Joe welcomes baby Ruby home, something starts to feel off. Even though she's assured it's all perfectly normal. Is something wrong with her? Is something wrong with Ruby? And why are the seemingly perfect neighborhood moms so desperate to befriend her? As Joe fights to protect herself and her baby, she is plunged into a waking fever dream where everyone is a threat and nothing is what it seems. At last, she must confront the truth of her own darkness and contend with the ultimate human sacrifice the ones mothers make for their children. This stars Noemi Merlant from The Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones, and Meredith Hanger from Search Party. After that, my friends, we have a movie called The Blind Man Who Did Not Want to See Titanic. Yes, that's the title. Jacko is a blind man who is confined to a wheelchair. He is in love with Sirpa, with whom he had a long distance relationship, but only by telephone. The two have never met in person. One day, Jacko decides to travel to meet Serpa, relying on strangers' help to make the journey. This is a movie from Finland. So this one could be good. It could be good. It could be poignant. But I was just so bored during the trailer. The only time I perked up a bit was when something exciting and aggravating happened when he was moving through the city in his wheelchair and some people tried to rob him. After that, we have a movie called Bosch and Rocket also known as Ocean Boy. I saw it listed as both names, and I've seen the poster with both names on it, so I don't know what the final name is. Anyway, in the late summer along the Australian coast, Bosch, a young father, goes on the run for drug dealing with his surf gang. In tow is his son Rocket, who believes he is on a magical holiday. This stars Luke Hemsworth from Westworld, and Isabel Lucas from Daybreakers. So if you like surfing and movies from Australia, hey, this could be for you. After that is a movie called Stars Fell Again. Bryce is ready to propose to Madison while they visit her family for Christmas. However, the spontaneous wedding of Madison's sister, Harper, throws Bryce's perfect proposal plans into a tailspin. This stars James Maslow and Ciara Hanna from Stars Fell on Alabama. Yes, this is a sequel. The long-awaited sequel. No one cares. No one cares. No one gives a shit. After that, it's a movie called Who Invited Charlie? Follows a New York City family hiding out in the Hamptons, whose bubble is popped when a bloody, merry, swilling, pot-smoking Charlie comes to bring a lifetime of hurt that might heal them all. This stars Adam Pally from Sonic the Hedgehog, Jordana Brewster from The Fast and the Furious, and Reed Scott from Veep. If the bubble talk didn't solidify it for you, this does take place during the pandemic. And I'm kind of already sick of pandemic movies. I, I am. It doesn't help that most of them have been really bad. I mean, there have to be a couple good ones out there, right? I just haven't seen it yet. So basically, this movie is that Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfus movie, What About Bob, but worse and set during the pandemic. So there you go. Just rewatch What About Bob and you'll have a good time. Next up, friends, is a movie called She Is Love. Coming face-to-face after being estranged for over a decade, divorced couple Idris and Patricia opt to revisit the past and traverse that treacherous path together, emerging open to new beginnings. This stars Haley Bennett from the 2016 Magnificent Seven, Sam Riley from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, and Melissa Abella from Industry. And the biggest tragedy of this whole movie is the fact that they did not use the song she is love by parachute in the trailer you had it it was right there you could have done it but you didn't do it my friends two movies left in the limited section and they're the best looking in the limited section but just didn't quite do it for me so let's wrap this up with the first of two called the locksmith a thief fresh out of prison tries to work his way back into the life of his daughter and ex-fiancée. Determined, he is forced to use the skills he has as a gifted locksmith. Things take a tumultuous turn after an unexpected disappearance. This stars Ryan Felipe from Cruel Intentions, Kate Bosworth from 21, Ving Rames from Mission Impossible, Charlie Weber from How to Get Away with Murder, and Noel Guglielmi from The Fast and the Furious. Yes, that Hector guy again. In fact, from now on if I ever notice he's in a movie, I'm going to mention him whether he's a big character or not because I there's something about him I just like. This could have been good. This is a good cast. This cast would have exploded in like the late 90s, early 2000s. It would have been huge. Sh-. This would have been a nationwide release. It would have gotten it might have been released later just so it had a Super Bowl ad. You know, it, it's that kind of cast. And I still like them. I still think Ryan Felipe is great, but this movie is just too basic for me. I I don't like these movies anymore of this criminal being released from prison trying to go right, but he gets pulled back in. I know it's very realistic. I know that a lot of people re-offend because they're just not given opportunities to succeed. I know it's a terrible system, but my criticism of this doesn't come from the real world it comes from the movies that we've seen too many of them and i'm bored so that's why the locksmith stays on this side of the show and we're going to wrap this up with the amazing maurice this story follows maurice a goofy streetwise cat who has the perfect money-making scam he finds a dumb-looking kid who plays a pipe and has his very own horde of rats who are strangely literate this features the voices of Hugh Laurie. Amelia Clark, David Thulis, Himish Patel, Gemma Arterton, Rob Brydon, Hugh Bonneville, David Tennant, and Peter Serafonowitz. So that's a great cast, but you know how I feel about mega casts or mega vocal casts in animated movies. They're not necessary. In my opinion, the only people in this cast who really needed to be there are Rob Brydon, David Tennant, and Peter Serafonowitz. I think they have done enough voice acting and they're talented enough for it to matter, while the others, it seems like they're just doing their own voice, maybe just altered a little. And that job could have gone to an actual voice actor. Famously, Disney casting Robin Williams as the genie in Aladdin started all this. And while I love that casting, and I would have defended that casting to this day if that movie was made now, if he was still with us, because of his talent as a voice actor, I don't like what has become of it. I don't like that because so many times the casting in these movies are pointless. Even though I have no interest in the Trolls movie, I get that. I get Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick because of the singing. I understand it. Despicable Me, Steve Carell, I get. Like I, There are some of them out there these days that I do understand. I get it. Ed Asner and Up, I get it. Because he has a very unique, specific voice. I understand some of these things. It's just a lot of them are just overreach for the sake of having a big name in your movie and this movie is a horrible example of that but even if it had a cast of voice actors i still think it looks mediocre at best so that's why it's in this section well my future friends that is it for the limited releases let us pause and take a break as we hear a word from our friends at the somewhat nerdy radio podcast and we're doing fine with robbie and lisa please stay tuned are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa, and I'm Robbie, and we host a show called We're We're Doing doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean, I'm from Scotland, and I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits, you mean cookies, Brexit, whatever's going on here, who knows, almost dying, why we're single, popular culture, and basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because
1: we're we're doing doing fine.
0: fine. My friends, we're back with the wide releases and interesting indies. So let's talk about the first one called True Spirit. This is a Netflix original. The story of Australian teenager Jessica Watson, the youngest person ever to sail solo non-stop around the world. This stars Tegan Croft from Titans, Anna Paquin from True Blood, Cliff Curtis from Training Day, and Josh Lawson from Mortal Kombat. That's right, Kano is in another movie and we love Kano. Fun personal fact, that is now one of my most quoted movies. Just the f***ing whoops. If the latest Mortal Kombat gave us anything, it was that line. And it was a performance from Josh Lawson. My future friends, there's one reason I really try to stick to talking about movies and not my views on things like politics and other social situations and things like that, because I could go off on this movie about what kind of bullshit. Privilege it takes for this kid to just do this so I'll leave it at that and instead say Yeah, fine. This movie looks fine If you like that kind of stuff if you like movies about sailing or about kids overcoming the odds or something great watch this It's on Netflix. It's out there for you to see why not I'm not gonna judge you for it My list of movies that I would actually judge people for watching are very low. It's a very small list, but What really gets me with this movie is that Anna Paquin can now be consistently casted as a mother, and no one would think twice. I feel old. For me personally, this looks really boring, it looks pointless, and I don't want to see it. And for that, True Spirit gets a four out of eleven. After that, my friends, we have a movie called Infiesto. This is another Netflix original, and I believe, yeah, the last one of the week. Two detectives are called to a small mining town in the Austrian Mountains where a young woman who had been left for dead for months has suddenly appeared, leaving the detectives to question what dark forces are at work. This is a movie from Spain and stars no one of note. So we have a basic police procedural, akin to Kiss the Girls, movies more like that, or even though technically it's a police procedural, it's more about the crime, Because even though I'm sick of police procedurals too, something like this is still kind of interesting. Uh, In Fiesto is not the kind of movie that I would purposefully look out for, that I would sit down and go, okay, now I'm going to watch it. But it's a perfect example of a movie where if I'm really stumped on something to watch and I remember it, I can go, you know what? Why not? It doesn't look bad. This doesn't look bad at all, but it also doesn't look super worth my time to seek out. Do I ever end up watching the movies when I say that about it? Rarely, I'm going to be honest, rarely do I do that, but I know I have these movies sitting in the background for those days where I'm so stressed or overworked and can't think of something I want to watch that there there it is. In Fiesto gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have the first of two limited releases in this section, and that movie is called Aaron's Guide to Kissing Girls. This is a video-on-demand movie, as middle school's ending, Erin, the only out person in her grade, and Liz, fellow comic nerd and track star, find their friendship tested when Liz is accepted to a private school and Erin falls hard for a new girl, an ex-child star, Sydney. Erin believes the only way to save herself from certain doom is to ask Sydney to the big dance, but the plan goes awry when she starts to lose Liz along the way. This stars no one of note. And this movie looks cute. It's cute and predictable. It's a coming-of-age teen drama romance, and I think it looks pretty good. I do really like to support movies like this just because we need more of them. We need so many more movies with great representation in them. So kids growing up now have that option to see themselves represented in media. I think that's great. When I was growing up, it was hard to find movies with Asian representation that didn't involve martial arts or being the sidekick or Mickey Rooney in awful yellow face. But anyway, even without the whole representation angle, I think this movie looks cute. It looks cute, it looks fun, and it looks like an easy watch. Should you seek it out on Video On Demand and pay to see it? I don't know, that's up to you. I don't think I'm going to. I'm going to wait for it to either come to a streaming service I have or maybe even wait to own it later if I can find it used somewhere. That's the kind of movie this is. I think it looks good, but not worth seeking out per se, unless you have a reason to. So Aaron's Guide to Kissing Girls gets a 7 out of 11. My friends, we have three movies left, and the last limited release is called Let It Be Morning, A gently satirical tale of a man and his family trapped by a military blockade inside a tiny Arab village in Israel. This is a movie from Israel, and is there official submission for the Academy Awards? So I do think this movie looks really good, and it also is going to touch on some things that need to be talked about more. It's the treatment of Arabs within Israel. My only question is, if, if this is Israel's official submission for the Academy Awards, how honest is it going to be? Because I don't know if the Israeli government has any say over what's submitted or not. Maybe this was just the Israeli version of of Hollywood, which may be more left-leaning. I don't know. But that part aside, I do think this looks like a good movie. It looks like it could be worth your time to look for later. This is exactly the kind of movie that you could look for on the Canopy app. Remember Canopy, the app where you can use your library card to get out eight movies a month this is exactly the kind of movie they would get so remember go to your local library get a library card sign up for canopy because what's the worst case scenario you don't watch anything on it oh no it was still free and you have a library card which is always good but let it be morning has the potential to be really good and the kind of movie we need to show the treatment of arabs within israel So based on the trailer, I say Let It Be Morning gets an 8 out of 11. Next up, my friends, is a movie you've heard me talk shit about already, so get ready for more. It's called 80 for Brady. This is a nationwide release. A group of friends made it their lifelong mission to go to the Super Bowl to meet NFL superstar Tom Brady. I don't know about you, but I'd want good things on my bucket list. This stars Rita Moreno from West Side Story, Sally Field from Forrest Gump, Lily Tomlin from 9 to 5, Jane Fonda from Barbarella, Sarah Gilbert from Roseanne, Bob Balaban from A Mighty Wind, Jimmy O. Yang from Love Hard, Ron Funches from Loot, and featuring Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Billy Porter, and Guy Fieri. So when I was talking to my wife about this movie, I, I told her I have a conundrum. What is greater? My hatred for Tom Brady, because he is a piece of s***, sh- Or my love of Guy Fieri. Because he's a true humanitarian and a great guy. And don't get me wrong, I understand Tom Brady is a talented quarterback. I am not questioning his skills. I just think he's a piece of s***. So in my conundrum, I do have to realize that Guy Fieri isn't even listed in the cast. He just has a couple of scenes that he's in. Where Tom Brady, he's who the movie is about. On the plus side, we have legends. Rita Moreno, legend Sally Field, and its supporting cast is pretty good too, so this movie has a lot going for it. So if you are not like me, and you actually like Tom Brady, or you're indifferent, this could be interesting. This is one of those movies, we get them once a year, maybe every couple years, where we have a lot of older actors, and some movie that showcases them. Movies like Space Cowboys, Just Getting Started, or Going in Style, two of which had Morgan Freeman in it. Oh, we can't forget Book Club from a few years ago that also had Jane Fonda in it. But yeah, movies like this. So this is this year's movie that features older actors and says, hey, remember, they're pretty great. So I think I may see this movie eventually, but no way am I going to go see it in theaters. And even if it wasn't Tom Brady, even if it was someone I liked, like Mahomes or someone, it still doesn't look that great. It seems like the kind of movie to wait for a rainy day, or if, you, if you're if you like me, once in a while, every few months, you'll have a movie day where you just, you and your friends or your partner or someone, just all pick some movies, spend all day watching them. This is what I think would be a good movie for that, because you have other movies coming up that you maybe watch before or after, so this isn't it. 80 for Brady doesn't look bad, it just doesn't look that great. So 80 for Brady gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, and finally, my future friends, we have a movie called Knock at the Cabin. This is a nationwide release. While vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. This stars Jonathan Groff from Hamilton, Ben Aldridge from Pennyworth, Dave Batista from Guardians of the Galaxy, Nikki Amuka Bird from The Outfit, and Rupert Grint from the Harry Potter series. So, yes, we have M. Night Shyamalan's latest film. And if you haven't seen the trailer, this is about the this family played by Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge and their kid who go on a vacation to a cabin in the woods. And while they're there, these people just show up and go, hey, um, the apocalypse is happening, happening now outside. Planes are falling out of the sky. Earthquakes, storms lightning from the sky, fire erupting volcanoes, that's what they're called, you know, things like that are happening. Uh, you have to pick, one of you has to die and this will stop. We're not bad people, but the longer you wait to say who dies, the longer all that will go on, the more people will die. What's unclear to me in the movie or from the trailer that is is do Jonathan Groff and Ben Aldridge, do they know that all that's going on or Maybe they're going to the cabin because they're cutting the cord for a week or something. So they don't have internet or on TV and news. They don't know what's going on, but maybe they do. And it's just so weird. Like you people think that killing one of us will stop this. Are you crazy? So in true M. Night Shyamalan fashion, this is going to end one of two ways. This movie is either going to be really good or it's going to be crap. Look at the movies you've seen by him. He doesn't do anything in the middle. It's just one or the other. Either you really like it and you think, sh**, that was great, or you hated it. Maybe hate's a strong word, but you just didn't like it. Who knows? Maybe there are a few of you out there who saw a movie by him and went, eh, mediocre. But it seems like the mass consensus from people when it comes to reactions to his movies are one or the other. And I still haven't seen Old. I just wasn't interested. but. I think this one looks good. I think this has the best chance of being one of those good ones, which is why it's my Pig of the Week. But again, will I see it in theaters? Probably not. But I will watch this eventually. This is also a good cast. Jonathan Groff from Hamilton. Him playing the king was fantastic. Dave Bautista. I love him. And I love seeing Rupert Grint outside of Harry Potter. Anything that I can appreciate him in that's not Harry Potter is wonderful. This has a good cast, it's a good idea, it looks like it's done well, so that is why it's the pick of the week. So far, all signs are pointing to this being a film that's worth your time. So if you do want to go see a movie this week, this could be it. And it's also not the kind of movie that would draw a gigantic crowd. So kind of like with Marvel films or, or some DC films, some people don't like the crowds so you want to wait. I think this is a film where you won't have to wait. I think this would be worth your time if you choose to see one this week. My future friends, knock at the Cabin gets an 8 out of 11. And that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I swear I say this all the time, and I mean it. Every time I look at my listening numbers, and it's above 1, I appreciate it. I am thankful you all are out there. Please remember that you can contact me, email Twitter, Instagram, all the ways to contact me are in the show notes. If you do look at my link tree in the show notes, you'll see the the top link is for the Portugal Review. It's a literary magazine that I've sent work into a couple times. I'm trying to figure out how to make it link directly to the story I wrote, or at least to the issue where I got published. But for now, check it out. There's a lot of great work in there. It's a Santa Cruz County local magazine and it's it's worth your time if you like to read but please don't forget to check out the good friends of the show the somewhat nerdy radio podcast and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa Robbie and Lisa I don't know if you listen to my show but I'm sorry about not joining your book club this month I'll be honest when my wife is not here I read far less because I spend more time playing video games and don't get me wrong she's not one of those wives and girlfriends that hates it when when their guy plays video games. No, she'll let me. I just like to do things with her. So when she's not here, I can play all the games I want and not feel guilty. But my friends, but as we wrap up, please remember to like and share the show. That is how we grow. Please remember to review the show on Spotify and Apple podcasts. I would love all the stars. Five stars, even if you weren't a big fan. Five stars, and then just let me know what I could do to improve it. Let me know if you ever watch a movie that I talk about on the show and what you thought about it. It would be interesting to talk to you about movies. But for now, my friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.